good morning and welcome to our first Thursday in the season of Lent. I'm Adam Wright. Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Yes, it sounds a little different this morning, but that's because we are in this holy season of Lent. So let's begin with prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is... Very good to be with you as we continue what began yesterday, this holy season of Lent. Today on the show, we are going to focus a lot on that. We have uh, a homily for you on why we must fast more intensely this Lent. We have a homily about the spirit of Lent. We also will continue our conversations with Father David Skillman on the Redeemer of Man, for those of you listening on both the radio and the podcast and then finally, again, it's it's a great day for our radio listeners. You get a lot of content today that the podcast listeners don't get. The benefits of listening to the show live, um, we get we have a homily from a Father of Mercy that we haven't had on before, Father Joseph Morgan, on why the devil hates your family. That's all ahead on the show today, but let's go now to Mike Roberts for our weather and saint of the day. Today is the feast day of Saints Faustinus and Jovita, they were martyrs, and Saint Claude La Colombière. Born in France in 1641, he was the third child of Bertrand and Margaret and taught by the Jesuits. At 17, he entered the novitiate of the Society of Jesus at Avignon, finishing his studies and spending the next five years teaching grammar while he was in formation. In 1666, Claude was sent to Paris to study theology while at the same time developing quite a reputation as an outstanding preacher. In 1675, he was made rector of a Jesuit community in Burgundy, where he was also the spiritual director of the Visitation Sisters, and it was here he met St. Margaret Mary Alico. Before arriving, St. Margaret Mary had been given private revelations by Jesus about devotion to his sacred heart, but it was not well received within her community and she suffered greatly. After many conversations and confessions, Claude not only became a supporter of St. Margaret Mary, he also became an advocate himself for devotion to Jesus' sacred heart. In 1676, he was sent to England where he continued to guide St. Margaret Mary by letter, but two years later, he was arrested after Titus Oakes, who became known as Titus the Liar, made up a story about a plot by the Pope to assassinate Charles II. This led to an anti-Catholic hysteria that took the lives of many Catholics, including 20 Jesuit priests. He was arrested and forced to return to France, going to Lyons as a spiritual director for novices, where he died on this day in 1682. St. Claude La Colombière, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Hail, true body, truly born. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, true body, truly born of the Virgin Mary mild, truly offered, racked and torn on the cross for all defiled, from whose love pierced sacred side, 
flow to your true blood's saving tide. Be a forte sweet to me in my death's great agony. O my loving, gentle one, sweetest Jesus, Mary's son. Amen. Well, we are nearing the end of section three of the encyclical, The Redeemer of Man. And I hope that as Father Skillman's been walking us through this, not only have you been listening to these segments, but maybe you've picked up a copy of the encyclical or found it online, and you've been reading the actual words of St. John Paul II and not just the summaries and excerpts that we're bringing you. But we love these summaries and excerpts that you're bringing us, Father. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off last week, talking about the progress of man and how that might be uh, called into question. Is it truly progress or is it a threat? Yeah, and this is a uh, this section is four and a half pages long in the encyclical, so we can only touch on on some of the key ideas um, here in our little time together. So I would, that's a great encouragement, pick up the document uh, and read it. You can get it for free on the Vatican website even. Uh, read along with us because the words of John Paul themselves are, are um, the greatest Thing that we could spend our time uh, pondering, but so this section, I would I would highlight a few key ideas that are present in these these pages. One is is the idea of kingship. So he he's reflecting here on on the idea that Christ is is the king. Right? We have that great feast at the end of the liturgical year, the feast of Christ the King, and because of that, every one of us who is baptized into Christ, we share in His kingship. One of the ways we do this is by, by ordering the world and keeping with the teaching of our king, keeping with the will of our king. This is what it means to be called to share in the kingship of Christ. And uh, so John Paul describes it in this way. He says it has to do with the primacy of ethics over technology. So these are my words. It's kind of like the question, not just can I do this, but should I do this, right? That's exercising kingship. The primacy of the person over things Am I free to use this thing for my good or am I a slave to it, right? Uh, the superiority of spirit over matter. Does this, whatever thing it is, not only enhance kind of my bodily life, but does it somehow nourish my soul, right? Is it good for me spiritually? It's a matter, he says, not so much of having more as of being more. And so these are the sorts of values that if we're going to uh, heed that call to kingship, we're going to try to instill in the world in which we live. And so he warns against a couple different dangers. He warns against materialism. So this is a denial of the existence of immaterial things. God, the soul, these sorts of things is, is materialism. Or there's something that he sometimes refers to as practical materialism, which is, is even if I don't in theory deny the existence of my soul, the existence of God, I live as if such things don't exist. You know, I'm just focused on on my bodily, kind of my biological well-being. So he warns here against materialism. He also warns against what he calls consumerism. Uh, some societies have a surplus of material goods while others lack basic necessities. And if, if I, I live this, this, this material, this, sorry, consumerism, then I'm just seeking to kind of, um, to, to pile up the, these these good physical goods, rather than being concerned for the needs of others. So he, he writes this, John Paul, the person who on the one hand is dry, trying to draw the maximum profit, and on the other hand is paying the price in damage and injury is always man, right? So this call back to this, this concern for one another, uh, the phrase that came to my mind is the question um, of Genesis with, with Cain and Abel, am I my brother's keeper? 
right? Yes, <laughs> you are. We have a responsibility, not just for our own good, but for that of our fellow man. And so uh, this is called solidarity. That word comes up in this section. John Paul loves that word solidarity. It's an important principle in, in Catholic social teaching. It actually became the name of, of the movement in his native Poland that uh, was very instrumental in the, in the overthrow of communism. So this call to not just kind of mass up for myself's goods, but to have a concern for my brother. And he touches here also on uh, something we spoke about last time as well, on modern weapons, um, especially nuclear weapons. And he reminds the world that there are principles for just war. Um, there are moral laws for what is and is not permissible within the context of war, right? And we have to be thinking about these things as we make progress in terms of the weapons we develop is how should then how they should not be employed so as not to be a threat to us, but nothing more than a means of, of when necessary, engaging in, in just war. And uh, he concludes this section with a, a very moving appeal. And these are his words. The church, which has no weapons at her disposal, apart from those of the spirit, of the word, and of love, cannot renounce her proclamation of the word in season and out of season. For this reason, she does not cease to implore each side of the two and to beg everybody in the name of God and in the name of man, do not kill, do not prepare destruction and extermination for men. Think of your brothers and sisters who are suffering hunger and misery. Respect each one's dignity and freedom. Now, I'm struck by, the, by what he says here, that the church is appealing in the name of God and in the name of man. Right? This, again, is that, that humanism of, of John Paul, that, yes, God doesn't want us to kill each other because it's not good for our humanity. Right? This is an appeal in the name of God and in the name of man. So he invites us to continue to reflect with these, um, these thoughts on, on our situation in the modern world and how we can create what he calls a more human uh, society. It's a lot to take in. But I, I love how we've concluded it here because it, it takes me back to when we were talking about evangelization and that little master class he gave us a few weeks ago on evangelization um, about not tearing down but building mm -hmm. upon. And I think that might be something that if, if nothing else, someone might say, well, I don't, I don't want to do this just because you say God's saying we should do this. But you kind of have a point here, Father, where you're saying it's not good for us if we do this, and mm -hmm. that there's a building block we can start upon with evangelization. Right, exactly. Wow. I mean, it's, it's like he's the master teacher in all of this. <laughs> so uh, thanks you, thank you for another week here of St. John Paul II, and I look forward to our next time together. Me too. Thank you. Vocation Prayer for Youth O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, Impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will. Guide their uncertain steps. Strengthen their resolutions. Shield their chastity. Fashion their minds. Conquer their hearts. And lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? 
You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. Well, I hope you're having a productive week as we continue to do a little examination of our own lives, the temples of our souls, guided by the Ten Commandments and our reflections here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. And here with today's dose on this Thursday is Patty Schneier. Well, today let's look at the Sixth, Seventh, and Eighth Commandments in light of Bishop Barrett's commentary in the Word on Fire Bible, which serves as an excellent examination of conscience. The Sixth Commandment is this. By the way, we're also just reviewing our Ten Commandments, which all of us can always do that. But the Sixth commandment is, thou shalt not commit adultery. Bishop Barron writes, the Bible is not obsessed with sex, but it does recognize the importance of our sexuality in the moral sphere. Much of our popular culture wants to teach us that as long as you're not hurting anyone, anything goes. But sex, like everything else in us, is meant to serve love, to become a gift. So here are the questions. Are you self-indulgent? Do you use people for your satisfaction? Are you the victim of lust? Do you practice forms of sex that are simply perverse? Those are some tough questions, but very necessary. The seventh commandment, you shall not steal. Bishop Barron asks us, do you steal others' property, even very small things or little amounts of money? Do you perhaps steal on a grand scale and participate in white-collar crime through corporations negotiated just through computers? It's no less a crime. And finally, for today, the Eighth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Bishop Barron challenged me greatly with these words. Do you steal someone's good name and reputation through gossip? What is the quality of your speech? How much time do you spend scapegoating, blaming, accusing, even making things up to make another person look bad? I realized when I read this that this could be someone perhaps in my family, a neighbor, coworker, a fellow parishioner, anyone of whom I have spoken badly in front of others. I have been guilty of robbing someone of their good name, damaging their reputation. So this commandment convicted me of sin, and I saw the shape of my temple for what it really was, and I had to go to confession for that. So as we look through these Ten Commandments, what has struck you? Today we looked at the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Stay tuned for tomorrow. As we wrap up the week, we'll look at the ninth and 10th. Maybe at the beginning of this week we were saying to ourselves, you know, I'm not such a bad person, but if we've been truly serious about making this examination of conscience guided by the Ten Commandments, I hope by this point we're saying, well, I may not be a bad person, but I definitely have some work to do in my life, and I need God's grace. So let's continue with it this week, get to confession when we need to, and Patty, thank you for another dose of encouragement. Well, we certainly are running a tight clock here this morning. In fact, we're about to run out of time, so let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory, All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as you go about your day today on this first uh, Thursday of Lent, our second full day of Lent, don't lose sight of the big picture. Um, right now we are, you know, like we've been saying for the past couple of weeks, 
it's go time. We've tried to get ready for our disciplines, but we might still need some reminders. Oh yeah, it's Lent. I'm doing this. So if you need to leave yourself a sticky note, put a reminder on your phone, uh, set an alarm, whatever it is you need to do, keep to those Lenten disciplines today. Don't forget time for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Pray your rosary today.